nonprofit founders and leaders, change makers and dreamers? Are you searching for new ways to be heard amidst the overwhelming noise and confusion of these uncertain times? Giving Heartbeat is the place to make connections and ignite sparks of compassion into forces for good and together turn unsung heroes into everyday superheroes. Conversations with dynamic nonprofit champions from across the planet reveal how they turned passion into action and obstacles into achievements. I'm your host, Donna Valente. Welcome. Over the past three decades, I've met hundreds of incredible nonprofit changemakers from around the world. It's my passion and mission to promote them. This is Giving Heartbeat. Welcome. I'd like to welcome to the Giving Heartbeat studio this afternoon, Amy Rivera, who's a lymphedema thriver, founder and executive director of Ninjas Fighting Lymphedema Foundation, an entrepreneur, wife, and soon-to-be-published author. Amy, welcome to the studio. Thanks, Donna. Thanks for having me on. This You're is welcome. Great. I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about lymphedema and uh, what goes on behind a lot of um, probably uh, people's lives that, that you would never really know. And, and that's why you're doing what you're doing. So, Sure, absolutely. Um, to give you a little background about myself, I was born with primary lymphedema. And when I was born, it was uh, very noticeable. Uh, my entire right side of my body was swollen. My left side was fine. And the doctors told my parents it was the way my mother carried me in the womb. So this was in 1981. So that tells me in 1981, they didn't really understand lymphatic health, and they certainly didn't understand what would happen to a malfunctioning lymphatic system, which leads me to where I am today. The first thing that we have to understand is what, what do your lymph nodes do for you? We hear about they fight cancer or they help us stay healthy, but do we really know the true functions of our lymph system, our lymph nodes in our lymphatic system? And the reality is our lymphatic system is connected to every other system in our body. And it's also just as important as the circulatory system, as every system functions after one another. And now they're starting to find that we have lymph nodes even in our brain and in our heads, in our necks. We have lymph nodes. We have between seven to six to 700 lymph nodes throughout our entire body. And when someone like myself is missing lymph nodes, or if someone has what's called second secondary lymphedema, meaning they developed lymphedema from either a treatment of a cancer treatment where they've had lymph nodes removed, or some kind of trauma or infection that caused lymphedema to develop in that area of the body, it is because the fluid that comes from your body that is filtered by your lymph system is being stuck in that area. And then in that fluid, it's all toxins. It's all junk. It's like sludge-like. You know, you ever empty a bottom of a pond and you still have that sludge? Well, that's what's in your body. And if we don't get rid of that, we have sickness, we have cancers, we have brain fog, we have Alzheimer's, we have diabetes, we have everything that depends on our body to cleanse itself. And if we don't have that function, 
then we become very ill from the inside out. Um, however, when most people think of lymphedema, they think of someone like myself who had a large leg. My right leg was 200% larger than my left leg. Because I was born with it, I was misdiagnosed for almost 30 years. Wow. So remember, yeah, I was born with it in 1981, but I wasn't truly diagnosed until 2013. So all those years, that fluid just sat in my body <sighs> and I was unhealthy. And my leg continued to grow as I grew. And there was nothing I could do because I didn't know what it was that I had. Wow. So when I decided to take action and find out what it is that's going on with my body, I realized that there are some major problems in our community. And when I say our community, I mean the lymphatic community. You mm. know, and the first problem was, why did it take me so long to get a diagnosis? Well, the reason is doctors were only taught 20 to 30 minutes during their medical schooling careers about lymphatic health, but they were not taught what happens when it malfunctions or what happens when someone like myself is born without a lymphatic system in a certain area of the body. Another issue I saw, so that was education. Mm -hmm. The other issue I saw was the financial burden we all have. Once I got a diagnosis in 2013, I felt like I won the lottery and then I lost my winnings in the same day mm. because I received a diagnosis. So I was excited. That means there were other people out there like myself. Mm -hmm. This entire time, I thought I was alone. I never met anyone else who had it. And when I realized that there was a diagnosis that went with whatever was attached to my body at that time, how I felt, I said, there's no reason why I should be alone. If there's all these people who have this, why am I alone? And when I say all of these people, the numbers I'm about to say are staggering. They're, they're just mind-blowing. Up to 10 million Americans suffer from lymphatic diseases and 200 to 300 million worldwide. Wow. So there is no reason for me to be misdiagnosed when there's that many of us. Mm -hmm. And there's certainly no reason for me to feel alone when there's that many of us. And then the third component, like I said, is the financial component. Why isn't insurance covering this disease? Why are you considering it to be cosmetic? When, when you look at the body, let's take away what your body looks like on the outside, but let's think about what is going on on the inside. If you don't remove this stuff or you don't get treatment properly and early in a diagnosis, you can develop cancer. You can die from infections. You can live on disability the rest of your life because you are disabled, which all can be preventable with an early diagnosis, education, and financial assistance. And that's where, that's what led me down to the path that I'm on today with Ninjas Fighting Lymphedema Foundation. I was <laughs> the only one in my family that was able to track down the chromosome mutation to mm -hmm. what side of the family it started on, how it is genetic in my family, and where it came from. And come to find out, I wasn't the only one that had it. Just oh. nobody talked about it. So nobody really knew what it was until I came forward and said, I have primary lymphedema and I think it's a genetic mutation and I want to know what's going on. And then my family started coming forward. Oh, your great grandmother had it. Oh, wow. so-and-so had it. 
and I think that's part of the problem in our community is we're so isolated. We're turned away by so many physicians. We're made fun of by peers. Um, you know, I had a pretty hard, like, childhood because of it. Mm-hmm. As adults, we internalize that, and then we're secluded. We're isolated. And if we are isolated, then we cannot spread awareness in an effective way so we can prevent this from happening to anybody else in the future. Mm-hmm. So my main goal is to spread awareness, educate, advocate, motivate, but most importantly, be that voice for those who are still in the dark like I was for almost 30 years. Wow. That's incredible. So um, I know that one of the things I noticed was the the 21 day challenge, which I think is awesome. And and I just love the whole paradigm of of, uh, living and not being a victim and thriving in in spite of. Right. We're all victims of something. We, We have been somewhere in our life. You know, I don't say that this is a, a sad story for me at all. I don't feel that I'm a victim anymore. Like we, we've all been victims, but there's a time in your life where you shift that paradigm, you shift that thought process to say, I'm a survivor, I'm a thriver. Mm-hmm. And I may have been a victim, you know, air quotes victim at one point in time, but I feel like I was given this journey for a reason, mm-hmm. not because I was a victim, but because I'm a leader. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's the message I want to share with other people who are still silent with their lymphedema because I want them to be leaders in their own life and their and, and take back their own voice and be their own advocates, not victims. I don't want them to feel like they've been victimized by physicians and peers and what people just don't understand. And that's mm-hmm. when I created the 21 day challenge um, that came from, I, I had a surgery with Dr. Jay Granzo. He's in LA and a uh, board certified microsurgeon, amazing surgeon for lymphatic health, uh, was the one surgeon who gave me my life. And his team gave me that encouragement every time the door shut on my face for insurance to pay for the procedures, they fought for me. They continued to fight for me. And I saw that, that for the first time, there were people who really cared about me and they really wanted me to have a healthy life that I deserved. Mm -hmm. When I had this last surgery with him, I promised myself if I ever was pain free, because that pain comes, chronic pain comes with this disease. Uh I was pain free. I was going to spend the rest of my life giving it, paying it forward in a way that I wanted other people to feel how I felt. We started the foundation with just garment compression and assistance only, mm-hmm. which is a need. Our, our compression garments can cost anywhere from two to three hundred dollars to eighteen hundred dollars. Wow! And, and you have to have them replaced every six to eight months. Wow. Given, you know, who can afford that? Oh man! And that's not including your your physical therapy called mm-hmm. MLD manual lymphatic drainage. So you have to go to a, like I go to SSM health and I go get therapy two to three times a week. Well, there's a copay every time you go, mm-hmm. then whatever your deductible is in med, you know, you have all these bills on top of your life. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you know, you, you have to eat, you have to live, you have to gas, you know, things like that. Sure. 
And when I saw all this, I said, we've got to come up with a solution. We've got to, we've got to give some, some, um, some assistance to this community. And when I woke up from surgery and I was pain-free, I knew right then and there what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And that's where the 21 day challenge came in because, of, and also because of COVID, we mm-hmm. needed to have something that was safe and to fundraise, but also most importantly, I wanted to reach those people that were stuck in their homes. Mm-hmm. Every year we have a run walk. However, when I go to all these events for lymphatic diseases and I pay these astronomical fees to get in and I travel and, and all this. And you're having this event for people like myself, uh-huh. but they can't come because they can't financially afford it or it's mm-hmm. hard for them to travel or whatever the, the case may be. Those are the people I need to reach. I'm not going to have an event and say, well, you can't come because you can't afford it. Yeah. We're back to excluding individuals instead of including them. Mm-hmm. How are we going to build a community and spread awareness if we're excluding them mm-hmm. by having these events that they cannot come to? So I brought the event to them in their mm-hmm. homes, in the comfort of their own homes. Cool. And what I did with it was when we do these wellness challenges, we talk about you know physical fitness, of course, but I wanted to talk about spiritual fitness. I wanted to talk about mental health. I wanted to talk about walking them through the process of owning their journey. And I'm in hand in hand with them and I walk with them and I want to be there for them because I didn't have anyone for me. And those are the people that I really want to reach the people that are stuck and scared and feel hopeless. And when I did the 21 day challenge, I had Dr. Granzo in my mind. I had my life, my new life in my mind. I had all the things I've been doing. And then I said, everyone needs to feel this. Whatever this is I'm feeling, I want everyone to feel. And that feeling is hope. Mm-hmm. So when I designed, when I got with the marketing team and designed the, the challenge, I wanted bright colors in your face. We're fighting. We're doing this together. I wanted them to feel motivated mm-hmm. and inspired and not to feel already like they're a failure the moment they open this challenge. So when they get the 21 day challenge box, there's a manifesto that we have written for our, for our community. And that's the first thing they see because I'm giving them life through words and, you know, words are very powerful. And when, when you breathe powerful words into someone, they just don't know how motivated they are until after they hear those words. And that's my mission. It is for people to live with lymphedema. And, you know, lymphedema is a very small niche community. However, there's seven plus billion people in the world. Wow. Everyone's born with a lymphatic system, except mm-hmm. for the two percenters like myself. If you have a lymphatic system, then this is just as important to you as someone who doesn't because you can develop it. Mm-hmm. And so I teach about lymphatic health. Rather than just lymphedema, I teach about the entire body and how important lymphatic health is to everybody Hmm. through this challenge. Can you talk a little bit about other ways that people can develop lymphedema? Sure, absolutely. So uh, I had a lady that we'd helped uh, a few years ago, and she has severe secondary lymphedema from her knees down to her toes. 
And when I went to help her, she told me it was bad. I was not prepared to see what I saw because I thought, well, it can't be that bad. If I was born with it, she has secondary, so she probably has a pretty good control on it. Not the case at all. She was pushed down a flight of stairs in a domestic violence situation, and it crushed her lymphatics in her ankles. And that is how she developed it. Wow. Does not have lymphatic disease run in her family. Does not. She went through all the tests. It's because the lymphatics were crushed. Did she have a spinal cord injury as well? Or Wow. No, no. It's just that. Um, Someone I know had developed lymphedema from traveling to Disneyland on the plane. And she didn't even realize she had swelling in her left leg. It helped her. She that now I think I don't know, but I think she might have an underlying issue as well that she was not aware of. Most of us are not, mm. but she developed it and now it's there. And they're considering it to be primary because there was nothing that that they can tell that caused it other than the flying. That's why they say you should wear compression when you fly, because sometimes it will trigger if you have a lymphatic issue, it will trigger the lymphedema. Huh. Um, you can develop it through a mosquito bite. You can get an infection. Cellulitis. Cellulitis is a big one. Um, primarily people with lymphedema or lymphatic issues develop cellulitis, but some people develop lymphedema from a cellulitis infection. So it just depends on the person and their lymphatics. Everyone's lymphatic system is different. Um, when I went in to have surgery the first time, I found out I had extra lymph nodes in my neck. Hmm. That's unheard of for most people, especially wow. someone who was born without lymph nodes on that side of the body. Huh. And there are certain tests that you can map to see your lymphatic system and to see where it flows or where the obstruction is. And that is the tell all of your stage of your lymphedema where the where it's where it's clogged where it's missing where you know where the backup is um it it tells you so much about your lymphatic health but yet it doesn't tell you enough like what can we do to prevent it what can we do to fix it what can we do you know to move on and and the problem is there's no cure there's no cure yes there's quite a bit of treatment surgeries and garments and compression and things but there's still no cure so I will always have the disease, even though I was able to reverse the size of my leg and reverse my treatment protocol, mm-hmm. I still have primary lymphedema stage four. Wow. You cannot reverse the stage after it gets, you can reverse it on, there's, there's stages, zero, mm-hmm. one, two, three, four. Zero is like, you can barely tell, let's say you're working. I was a nurse, so I would be on my feet. My left foot would, would swell a little bit, but when I would go home and put it up, it would go back down. It was just like swelling. Hmm. Stage one, it kind of sits there a little longer and it, it, can, it can pit. You know, if you put your finger on your skin and it pits, that's, that's fluid. It's lymphatic fluid. Mm-hmm. After those two stages, it's really hard to reverse the stages of lymphatic diseases. Hmm. Because what happens is when that solid is, or that fluid is sitting there, it turns into solid. Hmm. doesn't go anywhere. And then you have to surgically remove it like I had to. There was no treatment to make it go down. Hmm. It had to be surgically removed. Hmm. My goodness. I know um, I did 
a little bit of research, a, a friend of mine, hey, Beth, if you're listening, <laughs> had breast cancer and mm-hmm. had to have some lymph nodes removed. And she developed lymph, um, lymphedema in her arm as mm-hmm. a result of it. And then I found out that's really common for, for people that have had breast cancer surgery. It is. It's actually um, the highest group of people who have secondary lymphedema is breast cancer survivors. And what they're learning now is that we can perform surgery without removing those nodes. If those nodes are not affected in any way and they're healthy, we can perform surgeries without removing that entire cluster. And I think that's what's helping more people now, considering where we were years ago with that mm-hmm. you just remove the entire cluster and then mm-hmm. and then you're you're there trying to figure out what happened later on because they don't even tell you what can happen when they do this. Yeah. So what, what they're doing now is they're telling you ahead of time. And then some physicians are even going to have you go see therapists before surgery. So you have that dialogue and you have that understanding what could happen afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important as well, because if that's the case and you start to develop those symptoms, well, then you have an early diagnosis and you can get treatment right away. Mm-hmm. And then you can live your life. Mm-hmm. So are, is there a special diet that is particularly helpful for people living with lymphedemia? Um, there is, and there isn't. So mm-hmm. there, you know, a lot of people talk about keto. Keto is a great diet. However, you have to be very careful with your organs and, and being in ketonosis and, and, and tracking all that. What I have found works the best is a clean diet. Just if you can scrape it off your plate, um, do not drink alcohol, sugars, sodas. Those are inflammatory foods. Anything that's inflammatory food, you got to be very careful. Even with some meats, red meat has a lot of inflammation in it. You have mm-hmm. to be careful what your body will respond to. I have a friend who has primary lymphedema. She runs another organization. Mm-hmm. She can't eat watermelon. Mm-hmm. It inflames her. So it just depends on the individual, but across mm-hmm. the board, a blanket nutritional regimen would just eat very clean and try not to eat processed things and stay away from gluten. Gluten is everyone's, you know, biggest issue, but it's for us, it it magnifies by 10. Really? I'll get the brain fog. I'll get headaches. My stomach looks like I'm three, four months pregnant. Um, I'll get cramps in my leg. I can't eat gluten, same with sugar. And people with lymphatic diseases, we, we, not everyone, but a lot of us have a sugar addiction that is so hard to break because our body craves that sugar, mm-hmm. that, that those toxins want that sugar. Mm-hmm. So if we can even have like just one cupcake, that's it. We're going to eat the rest. Oh. There is no willpower. Gotcha. So we just... We, we try to just stay away from that. Mm-hmm. That makes so, sense. Yeah. Totally yeah. Makes sense. I can, I can understand that that sugar addiction that oh. is so strong and, um, and, and I can see, I love to bake so I can see, okay, I can yeah. do like gluten-free, but then there's the sugar. How do you replace the sugar? So are you able to do that with fruit and stuff like applesauce? Yeah. So I do replace the sugar with like the other day, yesterday, I, I'm training to be in a figure competition right now. And, uh, so what is that? So, um, I have a friend in Canada who has lymphedema, mm-hmm. secondary lymphedema due to cancer. 
And she is a trainer and she's a nutritionist. And she had placed and she, she transformed her body. Okay. So I hired her to transform mine. And my goal is to compete on the stage one time, no more than once, one time. Wow. And I want to do it for the lymphatic community because I want to show them my, my complete transition. Uh-huh. And it's taken me eight years to transition from, my, from all my surgeries to reduce my leg, to get my weight back to where I need to be. It's taken me that long. And, wow. and I want to show people that no matter how long it takes you, just keep the journey going because mm-hmm. eventually you will he- you know, reach your goal or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But life is about the journey, not the destination. And that's right. what I want to show them. Wow, that's <laughs> incredible. So, so, yeah. Oh, I want to hear about your book. Oh, the books. Yes. So um, remember when I told you I had a really rough childhood? Mm -hmm. Okay. So my family didn't know what I had. Mm -hmm. My friends, doctors, nobody. I didn't meet anyone with lymphedema Mm -hmm. until 2015 that I physically laid eyes on. Wow. And that was two years after I was diagnosed. And when I was in school, I grew up in a really, really small town and I was made fun of and I was known as the girl with the big leg. Mm -hmm. Well, then it turned into the girl with the elephant leg and and all Mm -hmm. this stuff. So one day I saw a commercial and then there was a thing for a pageant. I thought, well, I could do a pageant. Wait a minute. Do I have to wear a swimsuit? What do I have to wear? Is my dress long enough? You know, you think of all these things. How can I hide my leg? Uh And when I researched it, I said, oh, I can do this. I decided to enter the pageant. My parents were against it a hundred percent looking back they were against it because they were afraid of what would happen to me Mm -hmm. not because they didn't believe in me but Mm -hmm. they were trying to protect me Mm -hmm. but you know i'm i'm a teenager i know everything don't we all you know what that is you can't tell me anything different you know Uh so i decided to enter the pageant and that was the first time I saw a real act of kindness from a stranger my age. And then that was the first time I ever talked about my lymphedema. Mm-hmm. And when I went up on the stage, I said, I completely forgot my, my, everything I've written, everything. It was just gone. And I sat there for a second and I said, well, I'm going to tell you why is I tell you guys why I shouldn't be here. Oh. And they, the judges looked at me and everyone looked at me. I said, I have this thing attached to my body and I don't belong here. I belong in a circus because I'm a freak. Hmm. And I explained hmm. why. And I got, a, I, I got a standing ovation. I wasn't expecting it. I knew I wasn't going to win. So I might as well just be honest. Yeah. And I ended up winning the Miss Junior wow. American pageant because I, I, um, I did this. And yeah. so... Um, what I thought was if I won the title that was on the sash, then people at school would call me the beauty queen and not the girl with the big leg. They would call me the, whatever was on the title. Well, when I went back to school and, you know, it was great. Oh, congratulations. You won. I was in an identity crisis at this age. And now I was known as the beauty queen with the big leg. And that has Mm -hmm. followed me all through the years. Um, mm-hmm. everything you look up, the beauty queen with the big leg, it's Amy Rivera. It's, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I started to hide my leg under long skirts and dresses for the longest time. And I even had a corporate American job. I did all this stuff and they never knew I had this leg. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. I hid it. They thought I was wearing dresses and and shirt uh, long skirts because I was Pentecostal. That's what they told me. They didn't realize I was hiding something under my my uh. my dress. And um, when I had this conversation with this girl at work, and I asked her if she wanted to go swimming, and she made this derogatory comment about herself to me, and she called herself fat. And I remember feeling heartbroken for her oh. because I never viewed her that way. Uh-huh. Not, not once. And I said, I made a joke. And before I knew what was coming out of my mouth, I said, well, at least your fat is distributed evenly. And she said, what are you saying? Hmm. I showed her my leg. That was the first time I'd ever opened up about my leg. And that is when I'd realized if her view was so wrong about how people viewed her, well, how wrong am I about how people view me? What if I did take that chance and open up and share my story? How would people react? So that was the day I dropped my skirt and I quit wearing skirts and I wore leggings with my leg wrapped on the outside. And so the title of my book is called Drop the Skirt, How My Disability Became mm. My Superpower. Oh, I love, <laughs> I love that. I love that title. When is so, it coming yeah. out? Oh, it's so provocative. I love it. it. And then there's, and you know, I'm a big, I don't, I don't like my face on a lot of things because I've always been around this. Oh, you're too pretty to have that. People say that a lot. Oh, you're too pretty for this. You're t- and I didn't mm. want that. I wanted people to see the title, pick it up and say, what is this about? Mm-hmm. Not who is this about, but what is it about? Mm-hmm. So when you see the picture in my hand and I'm dropping the skirt, people are like, what is this? Mm. And that's what I wanted. I want them to see that this is a true story, but not just my story, but so many other stories, so many other people's stories. That's so cool. So when does it come out and what format? And Okay, so, yeah, so I, um, it comes out in July. We uh-huh. don't have a set date yet. Uh, we're hoping the second week in July. I'll have all the information um, on my website on amyrivera.com and on winourfight.org's website. It will be in uh, a Kindle, and it will also be in paperback, and mm-hmm. I will be doing an audiobook. Nice. Well. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's awesome. And are you're also an entrepreneur. Is that correct? I, correct? Are you a, yes. you're a coach, is it, or consultant? I, I I'm sorry. If I, I, oh, no, well, okay. I don't know. I, I just thought I would, you know, I want to plug your plug no, your stuff. You're, you're, you're absolutely, no, you're fine. Um. It's so weird when you talk about yourself. Like I can talk about other people all the I time. And people mean. go, well, what do you do? Well, I'm just Amy. I'm a <laughs> at heart. Just Amy. I just everything. That and could be I, another book, Just Amy. And well, you list all your stuff. So there is another book that I am writing. Um, there is. Uh, which, which comes into my other businesses. I come from a very distraught childhood. Mm-hmm. I come from a traumatizing childhood Mm. um sex trauma death Mm. um drugs Mm -hmm. i I just grew up in a really traumatizing situation and it's a generational cycle of Mm -hmm. issues Mm -hmm. and when and i hid behind my disease for so long because it was easy to Mm -hmm. it was easy to face the lymphedema mirror right oh yeah and when i finally faced that mirror it was a time in my life that I was either going to make a change and shift 
what was it what was what was in my heart or I was going to make a change and shift to what I knew and grew up knowing hmm. and I knew right then and there that I was called to do bigger and better things than what I grew up in and the reason I grew up in this was to lead others out of that uh, yeah hmm. and I don't I'm not sad about my past I'm not hmm. upset I don't blame anyone I thank God for bringing me there and through it because I see women all the time who are there and I just want to hug them and love them and say, you're okay and you're worth it. Mm-hmm. And that goes to uh, the mentorship. I mentor people on so many different levels. Sometimes it's spiritual. Sometimes it's physical. Sometimes it's just someone to talk to. Sometimes it's mental health. It doesn't matter what it is. If that person's in need, I'm going to make sure I'm there to help them through that journey because I never had any. And the book that's coming out is a tell-all book of my life. And I'm, I'm actually, Netflix is really interested in the story. Yeah, they're really interested. In, and the thing is, I'm really cautious of who I give the story to because I don't want to give a story about bashing people. Mm-hmm. I want to give a story about healing, reflection, mm-hmm. and forgiveness. And most importantly, that we all grew up in some kind of generational issue mm-hmm. but that doesn't define who we are. Right. It defines how we can help others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so that's the other part of what I do. And then my mm-hmm. husband and I, we have Airbnbs. We, oh, we nice. just do a little bit of everything. Nice. And, um, so that's more my husband. I like uh-huh. to decorate and mm-hmm. help. But he does all the, he's a private equity investor. So he does all of that stuff. Uh-huh. And I, he makes the money and I go give it away. Oh, I, I love that. That's awesome. That yeah, that so sounds, he makes the money and I give it away. That's so cool. Good for you. Yeah. That's yeah. really awesome. So how can people um, find your organization and, and like what what advice would you – well, I'm asking you two questions. Okay. Sure. The first one is, so, so <laughs> say somebody is is dealing with this or knows someone and, and um, their doctor has no clue of how to, you know, has no – or, you know, how do, how do you go about educating yourself and what, what would you tell someone? So I have quite a few people who reach out to me when doctors don't have a clue. I had a young lady reach out to me. Um, she's in Georgia and she reached out to me when she was in the ER and the physician said that she was a lost cause. They weren't going to give her a script for therapy, garments, anything. Her legs were like my one leg. And my heart broke for her because she cried and said, I have children. And I knew that feeling. You have children. You want to live for them. And I, I just, I said, okay, what can I do to help you? And when I saw what he had said to her and, the, and what he had written, I said, okay, go home. And I'm going to find you. Found her a therapist, a physician. Got her legs down. I reduced her legs down to where she's in the gym now she's losing weight she's living she's back at work because she was on disability she's spending time with her children i gave her the tools that she needed because she already had it in her heart but i gave her the tools that she needed to feel alive again and then on my own time i sent all this information to that wonderful doctor about lymphatic diseases in the stages and everything else and how to you know xyz Mm -hmm. I had another person, same situation here in St. Louis. I, I don't blame doctors. I, 
even though some of them can be like this, the fact is they don't know what they don't know. So if I go and attack them, they're not going to listen. Right. But if I come to them humbly and say, this is what I have, this is what I've learned, or we talk about it, then they listen. Because at the end of the day, they're just practicing medicine too. They're as mm -hmm. human as you and I. And we sometimes want to think that they know everything because they have MD behind their name. But they're just like you and I. They're individuals and they're trying to learn as well. Mm -hmm. So when people come to me like, what do you do when you're newly diagnosed? There's hope. You can live life with lymphedema. Mm -hmm. Compared to when I had it 40 years ago to today, I would much rather have it today than then because I have an early diagnosis. People recognize it. People are mm -hmm. talking about it. It's becoming MLD and fascia blasting and pumping. And, you know, Wendy mm -hmm. Williams has it. Um, uh, Oh, what's her name? I work with her. <laughs> Here goes my brain fog. Um, actress. Oh, Kathy Bates has it. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Interesting. It, Probably I, a lot more people than, than yes. you know have it, right? Yes. Kim Kardashian has the lipedema component. Huh. Um, it's very common. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the problem with all these people who have it. We should have so much more exposure but because we are taught to hide it and not talk about it that's the upward battle that we're fighting mm -hmm. so when i tell when people say well what what do you what do you say there's hope mm -hmm. there's hope and it's okay you're not alone right you no longer have to be alone mm -hmm. and that's the one thing i tell people you're no longer alone right that's yeah, awesome. we're in this together because to me once you have it and i've met you we're family mm -hmm. we are family and you can't get rid of me and then I can't get rid of them. Like, we're family and I'm there to help you all the yeah. way through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Would you like to talk a little bit about um, pain relief and, and alternative pain as, as a medical yeah. marijuana advocate, uh, which, and, which I am also uh, an advocate. I will say it now. Okay. Uh, and I say good for you for sharing that experience because there's oh. so much that's unknown about it. So can you tell us how that's helped you? <laughs> yes. Um, I'm a big advocate for medical marijuana and CBD um, treatments. I, when I had my surgery in LA, I'd had so much prescription medication that my body just stopped functioning. My blood pressure dropped so low. I, I had a 17 inch scar or incision from my knee, the inside of my knee down to my ankle. And then I had all that, that stuff sucked out of my leg. So the pain was whew, unbearable, mm -hmm. but I wasn't able to sleep or eat because I was in so much pain. And when you're not, when you're not eating and you're not sleeping, your body's not healing. The blood flow is, is not going as like it should to the wound to heal the tissue. So then my, my wound kept getting bigger and bigger. And I was passing out in the shower. Mm -hmm. My husband had to help me like take showers, feed me. I was just going downhill. I finally said, I am done with this pain medication. I'm not doing it anymore. And I went to a local dispensary. Mm -hmm. And when I walked in there, I was blown away with the professionalism mm -hmm. and the amount of education that went into this and the different strands for different things. And I, I had a full on education mm -hmm. and I had realized right then and there that this treatment had such a bad rep 
mm-hmm. that people are they're they're missing out on a natural treatment that could help them. Nice. As soon as I started in, um, ingesting it, I slept eight hours. Wow! I was eating, and I even have a video where I started walking for the first time after surgery. To me, um. I'm in several different private lymphatic groups and we all collectively agree, not all, majority of us, I want to say mm-hmm. all, there are a few that do not, but we collectively agree that it really helps our pain management mm-hmm. and it allows us Amazing. to feel pain free so we can move and we can mm-hmm. function. Mm-hmm. You don't just have to go get high and you know, sit there on the couch and, mm-hmm. you know, what everyone thinks you can do. You don't need to do that. There's different ways of digest or ingesting it. You know, you can put it in your coffee, mm-hmm. take mints, there's patches, there's different ways. And that's really important for people to understand because when you, when you take pain medicine, you already, your lymphatic system is already working double than what it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Your organs are already working double than what they're supposed to because mm-hmm. of your lymphatic malfunction. And now you're going to put these pain medicines on top of it. Well, we mm-hmm. all know what they do to your body. Mm-hmm. And after research, and I saw the opiate addiction rate compared mm-hmm. to marijuana addiction rate, and I saw the opiate death rate compared to a non-existent marijuana exactly. death right. rate. Yeah. You know, it was a no-brainer for me to try. Mm-hmm. And it was a no-brainer for me to get the medical marijuana card and mm-hmm. to and do that. And and not every day do I do that, but when I have hip or back pain, betcha. I'm going to, mm-hmm. and that's and it, so, and it goes away. It's so incredible that it works out well for you. I'm so I'm so happy for you. Thank you. you know? and, yes. and and it's frustrating, isn't it? That something that can be so helpful, and they're just beginning to get a clue on what it can do, and all the different properties and terpenes, and all, yes. they're just beginning, and they make it so hard on patients. You know, well, you, you have to even to get you know an edible form is is like difficult and literally it it Mm. is and i agree it's it's like so i live near a couple of dispensaries here in st louis i live near illinois Mm -hmm. um but when i go to colorado when i go to california when i just i educate myself because i want to learn more about the healing properties not the high property of it but the healing properties of it because it's so beneficial in so many different ways does it help do you find with inflammation it helps with my inflammation tremendously. No, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sure does. Um, it helps me. I also think it helps me with my brain fog because when it helps with my inflammation, then the inflammation in my brain goes down. Mm-hmm. So then I can think clear. Now I may, mm-hmm. I, I may um, forget things like I have brain fog so bad that I'll forget what the word fork is when I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. I'll say, oh, that, and I'll, I'll know what it is, but I'll forget the word. Mm-hmm. That's because my lymph nodes in my brain are swollen. They're fluid. They're inflamed. And so mm-hmm. I reduce it. I do a lot of different homeopathic things. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not a medication person. I never have been, never will be unless I mm-hmm. absolutely have to. And when I do yeah, take medical marijuana or a patch or whatever, mm-hmm. I feel a little more clear-minded mm-hmm. and I noticed that that's the inflammation reducing in my brain interesting so it's there's not a lot of research on that yet I'm researching mm-hmm. it I'm doing it myself but mm-hmm. I'm tracking how I feel I measure my leg I take I do all wow. of this to see what are the true benefits of it for me right 
And, mm-hmm. and I use it as a scientific just study for myself, mm-hmm. if anything. And hopefully if, and, and, and once I'm done, if someone else needs it, then I have that proof of what it can mm-hmm. do. That's awesome. Have you so, tried anything topically like salves or, or oils mm-hmm. on your leg? Yeah. And, and yeah, I do. I use uh, oils and salves. You just got to be very careful. Um, you can't use anything with a lot of like pH in it or smell good stuff because some people, so not myself, but some mm-hmm. people, you know, you have the different layers of skin. Well, let's say that you put on a smelling, you know, lotion. Mm-hmm. Under those layers of skin, you might have a couple cracks underneath, and that lotion gets in there and sits in there, and that pH level is bothering you. Then you can develop cellulitis underneath uh, the skin. So that's an infection under the it's skin. It's an infection, uh. mm-hmm. but not everyone has sensitive skin like that. But that is a common issue with skin for people. Mm, interesting. So I I use coconut oil. Coconut oil is really really good. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think I have. I use uh, like uh, uh, it's like an oil therapy. It's just real. It, it just doesn't smell. It doesn't have a smell mm-hmm. to it or anything. I use that stuff. Mm-hmm. I also I use uh, essential oils mm-hmm. that you can put on your skin. Again, you got to be careful. But yeah. I know my body really well. I'm really in tune with my body, mm-hmm. so I know what works and doesn't work. But I all organic stuff mm-hmm. that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah. I mean, you know, because I know that the yeah. pesticides and everything else, that if you don't, and that stuff bothers, bothers bothers a person. Yeah. For sure. yeah. What about dairy? Do you find that bothers you too? Or yes. are you able? Oh, yeah. Yes. Dairy uh, is, oh, man. Um, and I love ice cream. So mm. I can't have the sugar and I can't have the dairy. Um, I did try gluten free. No, what was it? When did I try ice cream? It was, um, some vegan ice cream. I tried vegan. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You got to get used to it. Mm-hmm. But I respond really well on a vegan or keto diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, no dairy. Uh, you know, it's just, I love it. So, and, and again, when we talk about these things, I don't tell people they have to just take it all out because mm-hmm. it's overwhelming. Change yeah. is overwhelming. Yeah. If we just start a little by little, mm-hmm. then we'll get, once we get, Let's start with our intake of water first. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can do that first. And mm-hmm. then we'll slowly do this. And then, you know, if we do it in baby steps, then you'll be more successful at keeping the habit and the routine than mm-hmm. throwing all this on you at the same time. Mm, right. Because once you get a diagnosis, the moment you get the diagnosis, you, you're overwhelmed just with the word itself. Mm-hmm. Lymphedema mm-hmm. is an overwhelming word itself. What and then when you get that and you're hearing that, then you hear all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. You're defeated before you leave that doctor's office. I'm and I want to be the first responder for you in mm-hmm. that doctor's office. Mm-hmm. I want my goal is to be in every physician's office with a brochure, like have my work, my stuff there. So they say, you know what, you have lymphedema. Here is an organization that can really help you right. find a doctor, this, that, compression therapist contact them and see what they can do. Mm-hmm. I'd rather that than you say, there's no hope. We can't do anything, right. oh, you have but there's no cure. So there's not really much we can do. I mean, that's, how does that sound? Mm-hmm. That sounds terrible. So I want to be like, okay, you have lymphedema. Let's go. Yeah. It's okay. 
And that's where I want to come in and save the day type of thing. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you're a superhero for sure. Absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm a ninja. So. A ninja superhero. Can you talk a little bit about how helpful that you found yoga to be? Um, love yoga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yoga is really, really helpful. Uh, you know, I, I said earlier that I'm training to compete and my trainer has taught me. Now, I love yoga because when you breathe, you're learning how to breathe correctly. First off, so many of us just do these quick breaths because the environment we live in today, everything's so fast and we don't have time to really focus on ourselves, even our breathing. So when I'm in yoga, Mm -hmm. that's my time to focus on my breathing, my organs, moving the fluid out of my muscles through movement. And I'm Mm -hmm. easing my mind. I'm shutting my mind down to focus on my body. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, my fluid will move. I feel my fluid move through my body. And when you feel this fluid, it's like cold chills. It feels like water droplets. And people who have lymphedema, um, to feel this float and they listen to this, they will agree with me. Uh, sometimes it feels like a little spider crawling on you. It's the fluid moving. It's going like this. So your lymphatic system is the only system in your body that doesn't have an actual pump in it, like our heart and our circulatory. So how the fluid moves like, like in an open flow is by our muscle pump. So working oh. out, breathing, pushes the fluid out of the muscle. So yoga is extremely important for lymphatic health because you're breathing and you're pushing the fluid out through your movements. Then you hold the breath and then you move. It's moving all the toxins out of your body. That's why sometimes you might feel a little dizzy or kind of lightheaded toxins in your body. That's why I say drink water, even after massages. So yoga is really, really beneficial for everyone, even Uh if you don't have lymphedema or not. Because it moves everything out of your body. That's and then you become centered with who you are. And when your stress levels are down, your cortisol levels are down, guess what else is down? Your inflammation. Huh. So yoga wow. is extremely important. Extremely that is, important. That's fascinating. That's real. I'm yeah. trying I'm trying to like wrap my brain around it, Amy, really. <laughs> with I'm with so the sorry, yoga. Like, I just, it's so I, cool. I, I could talk lymphatics all day. I I live breathing it just eat lymphatics. Like I just I become so obsessed with learning about it because I don't want anyone to go through what I went through. So if somebody's not dealing with that and they're not getting treatment and they're not doing yoga and they're just like maybe not even knowing what they have, um, like what what happens? You I mean I don't know if I'm not like, no, no, that's a great question. Absolutely. No, no, no. Because there are people out there. I was one of them. You know, I was one of them for years. If like I wasn't diagnosed in 2013, I was told I would be in a wheelchair permanently in a wheelchair by the time I was 35. That was devastating to me. I was 30 when I 32 when I heard that. So it was just where they just really didn't address it and it was getting worse and worse and worse. And they said, oh, you have this. There's nothing we can do. Basically. Uh-huh. Oh That's God. what they said. And well, they didn't even say, they didn't even tell me it was lymphedema. They just oh, said it's swelling. <gasps> yeah, they, they didn't, didn't even say, tell you what it was. Not oh at God. first. No. And so when I found a doctor in Chicago, she's the one who diagnosed me. Huh. And I couldn't believe that I actually had a diagnosis. 
And when, when people are unaware that they have it or maybe think there's something wrong, but they just don't know where to go. And every doctor they've seen has said, it's not that I had uh-huh. a doctor tell me I, I insulted his intelligence because I was self-diagnosing myself. And when I went to see him, he said, the two reasons why he knows I didn't have lymphedema, this was before I was actually diagnosed. One was I wasn't fat enough. Only fat people develop it is what he said to me. Huh. And only old people develop it. I said, that's edema. That's fluid. That's not lymphedema. Huh. And from what I'm reading, people can be born with it. And they don't have to be fat, in your words. Because I don't call people fat to begin with. Mm-hmm. I don't. Fat's like you trim off your steak, your meat. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, not a person. You don't right. describe a person that way. Mm-hmm. And so... I dropped my skirt and I left. I knew immediately he didn't know what he Mm. was talking about. Mm. That happens more often than not. And that's when people come to me. I had, I did a podcast one time, uh, two years ago. And this really just happened the other day. I went to a a private party, um, first time going out, you know, because of COVID and we went to a party. we, We were doing astrology readings and the gal who was sitting next to me, she had mentioned lipedema. And I said, I knew she had it, but I won't come up and say something to you. Mm-hmm. That's, I'll let you come to me kind of thing. She said, you know, remember when we interviewed you on the podcast? Yeah. Uh, she goes, you know, I knew right then and there I had lipedema after talking to you. And she went immediately, got a diagnosis. And now mm-hmm. she's having surgery. And now she's taking the vitamins that I am a brand ambassador for this company called vitamin support. And we, t- we take a vein formula and a lymphatic formula. Mm. And so she's been taking that. And she just told me over the weekend that because of my story on her podcast, was she able to get a diagnosis? Wow. And to me, that was like, that's why I do what I do. Exactly. Cause she never knew. And she's in her late fifties and she wow. had, she's struggled with this all her life. And lipedema is the fatty disease of a lymphatic issue and you ever see women who are really thin and then they're kind of large they, they their 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 bottom half of their body doesn't look proportioned to their top half mm-hmm. or there there's a lot of skin that hang on their arm or it looks like oh. a cuff and then skin or their ankles they call them pinkles and kind of things all these words that i hate using to describe someone is what we hear in in the public it's lipedema. It's a disease. So it's, it's lipedema, not, not lymphedema. Yeah. Like yeah so lip, P. yeah, lip okay. L-I-P and lip L-Y-M. Yeah, P-H. Okay. They're both connected, but they're both different diseases. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Have I been saying it wrong the whole time? No, 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 okay. no. You've been saying it right. No, okay. no, no, no. They're two different diseases, but huh. they're both connected Interesting. in the lymphatic realm. Uh-huh. They all have to do with something with the lymphatic system and, 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 and whatnot. But the lipedema is a fatty tissue disease and the lymphedema is the fluid issue. So the lymph uh-huh. nodes are missing and then the, the lipedema, the fatty tissue is doubled. It makes, fa- it makes fat faster than normal fat is made in your body. Uh-huh. And the only way you get rid of it is through surgery. Wow. People can diet and exercise and it, and it helps. You should uh-huh. always, always eat clean and always exercise no matter what. But 
you can't get rid of it without having surgically removed and they have to wear compression as well. Mm -hmm. And when I talked about that, I could tell she had it, but I wasn't going to bring that. I'll let her come to me when she's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, she was finally comfortable just this past weekend. Aww. And I like, I was there with open arms and happy for her. Uh-huh. You know, we're, we're each in this journey, a different spot. Mm-hmm. And some, it may take people a lot longer to come forward than mm-hmm. others. And I respect mm-hmm. that. And I understand that. So I'm very patient mm-hmm. and I'll let them come to me when they're ready. And she's having a procedure done. She's doing well, but she was almost anorexic. She was on a 500 calorie diet a day. Wow. I just can't imagine. There must be so many people out there that are dealing with this that don't have a clue. And that must think like, what am I doing wrong that I can't, you know, fix this. And it's It's heartbreaking. It is. And and it's not them. I, I, when I go to the store, I will probably see three to four people who have lipedema or lymphedema. And they don't even know they have it. Mm -hmm. But because I'm an expert in it at this point, Mm -hmm. I can see it a mile away. Right. But again, I want to go up to them because I want to help them. But I don't want to get socked in the face or a bully or something. Yeah. You know, and and it's just not right to do. Um, But my heart is I want to help them. Yeah. Yeah. So you can just you just have to like back you know resist that urge resist I, that urge. yes i do and, i read and you know i even have friends and family members that will take pictures of people they'll see out in public and they'll send them to me and say do you think they have you know lymphedema or lipedema and i'll say it kind of looks like it but i can't really tell what well, do you want me to go up and say it? No, no don't say anything because they want to help too because they know sure. what i do mm-hmm. they don't take the picture to make fun of them they always send it to me like do you think they have this mm-hmm. and it's it's now they are starting to see and and see it and and that to me is spreading awareness because it's in my family right so they're curious as much as i am mm-hmm. yeah are there other family members like your age like cousins or whatever that you know that are dealing with this too my daughter has it really yeah she has so my daughter has the lipedema and lymphedema uh-huh. she has both and this was nine when I started to notice uh-huh. the lipedema and she couldn't get it. She, we knew it and I talked to doctors, but I didn't get an official diagnosis until after she like her hormones and, and she yeah. had stage two lipedema. And so she uses a pump like I do and she wears compression mm-hmm. and um, people will call her fat. People will say things to her that they shouldn't. Because she looks like, oh, you need to you need to be more active. You need to lose weight. You need to mm. do you first. Don't tell anyone what they need to do. Mm. You know, I don't don't like that. Right. Secondly, you have no idea what's going on with this person. Right, right. And um, she went try to starve herself, try to do all Aww. this stuff, and then we, you know, once I was able to get her to understand what she was she has mm-hmm. and how to move forward with it she's been fine mm-hmm. and she's perfectly she's a taller girl already she, i'm only five two i'm really really short mm-hmm. and my my children are going to be taller than me and my daughter mm-hmm. she she's much taller than me and she weighs about 170 mm-hmm. and um at one time she weighed almost 200 pounds 
But then she realized what was going on and we were able to reduce the inflammation by eating properly, wearing compression and just mm-hmm. doing those daily treatments. Mm-hmm. That's, as, that's as much as she'll go down. She probably won't go down anymore unless she has mm-hmm. surgery. Mm-hmm. And right now she's too young for it. And quite mm-hmm. frankly, she really doesn't want it. She's okay yeah. with where she is. Yeah. And I'm happy with that. Uh-huh. As long as she's happy with where she's at, I am right. perfectly happy. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my daughter does have it. My son does uh-huh. not. Uh-huh. I didn't know at the time when I had my daughter that it was a genetic issue. Uh-huh. Is it something that you found is more prevalent in women? It is. Is it? Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't. We, we're still learning. a. Uh, so like Stanford and MD Anderson and all these major hospitals that are doing research on this condition or any condition. We are still learning quite mm-hmm. a bit about it. As a matter of fact, there's a little girl that um, I'm very close to, and she has, gosh, she has it all over her body, especially in her hands. And um, they think it's a new, rare primary lymphatic disorder that they don't have anything on. And she's been to Germany. She's traveled. Her parents have done everything they can to find, you know, what's going on. And I just don't know what the future holds for her without a lymphatic system. And so given her diagnosis or anyone else's, there's new types of lymphatic issues coming, arising every time we turn Mm. around. Mm. So it's trying to figure out what type of treatment or medication will help what type of mutation. Uh So we're we're still trying to figure it's like a, it's like a dance. We're trying to learn the steps and and what we're going to do with it. So it's, there's still so much to learn mm-hmm. yet this disease, this condition, however you want to call it, it depends on the person been around since 18, 1700s wow. Wow. and we're just not learning about it. Right. And then I guess there's, it's, they consider the population too small to do research or there's not enough like return on investment to, for farm, big pharma to yeah. invest <laughs> yeah, probably, right? More- yeah, it's more of a big pharma return on investment type yeah. of thing. Um, there is an uh, organization called Learn Lymphatic Education Research Network. Uh, I volunteered with them for a year to learn about lymphatics and to learn how to run a nonprofit before I created my nonprofit. Uh-huh. And yeah. they primarily focus on nothing but research hmm. and um, the lymphatics and in even now they're still trying to figure out, you know, the, we've, we've got secondary pretty well under control. Like we, we understand secondary, we understand what happens because there's something there that we're removing or there was something there that was damaged. We get that. Mm-hmm. But the part we don't understand is primary. Why? Mm-hmm. What causes it? Mm-hmm. Why the different mutations? Why not just one gene mutation? Why do we have 30 different types? Why do, you know, why is the big question? What triggers it? What what can we do here on out? Well, now mm-hmm. children, r- women who are pregnant with children who have primary lymphedema, you can see it in the ultrasound now. Mm-hmm. And so now they're being diagnosed in the ultrasound. That's mm-hmm. so much more advanced in light years than where I was mm-hmm. in 81. And that's, to me, that's, that's amazing progress. Mm-hmm. That they're able to see that in an ultrasound. Mm-hmm. The question still is, why? Mm-hmm. We just don't know. Wow. Yeah. So, so what do you see for the future of your organization? Are, are you doing a virtual, you said you had a run? 
Um, so and, we, yeah. And, and yeah, are you going to do that this year? We do a run walk. We were just talking about that. I have to have a meeting and figure out what that looks like. I do like seeing everyone, but I also want to keep my 21 day challenge virtual. So my goal is for the 21 day challenge, every challenger who finishes the 21 days, they start out as a white belt and each challenge they do will get more and more difficult until they get to their black belt. Mm. Once they get to their black belt, then they have the option of becoming, if they would like, a ninja advocate and opening a chapter where they're at. And then during those chapters, wow. we will do the 21-day challenge in their community because cool. I want to reach their community, their loved ones, their caregivers mm -hmm. through this challenge. And so maybe they don't want to partake in a large event mm -hmm. and they only want to do in the comfort of their own home. I want to give them that option. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, again, those are the people I want to reach. So I'm yeah. going to do virtual, everything's going to be virtual, but mm -hmm. I might, might do something here locally starting out and just to see if people were comfortable coming or not. Mm -hmm. So, but right now I just want to be COVID safe for those individuals mm -hmm. and keep it virtual for right now. Awesome. And I would imagine that it's a, if this is something that you're dealing with and particularly if it's severe, you, I would think that you might want to, uh, it would be difficult to go out in public if you're feeling like you're, you know, not even knowing what's going on and having to deal with people staring at you or whatever, how, you know, how difficult that is going virtually, I think is a way to help break that isolation. So I'm mm -hmm. sure people appreciate it. That's what I'm, I'm thinking that it's, helpful very that's helpful. what i'm hoping yeah that's what i'm hoping and you know in some of the challenges people think this this challenge is so hard but i'll give you an example one of the challenges is let's say you wanted to wear shorts or a shirt let's say you had lymphedema in your arm or you had lymphedema in your leg and you wanted to wear a short sleeve shirt or shorts and you've never had the courage to do so so in this challenge on day 16 we're going to wear shorts or t-shirt in our home and we're going to walk around all day and we're going to talk about it at the end of the day. How did you feel? Were you comfortable? Were you embarrassed? Did it bring anxiety? I want to I work through these emotions so then you're comfortable to walk outside your door with the shorts or the shirt. Mm -hmm. But let's get through the day in your home. And let's get through the day of you feeling these feelings and working through them and understanding that they are very normal. And I went through that myself. Mm -hmm. And that's why I developed a challenge like that because I remember the feelings I felt when I put shorts on. Mm -hmm. I was never going to do that again. Mm -hmm. And I, I would just, I want to be there for them mm -hmm. and, and see that. So these challenges, again, are not just physical, but they're, they're more mental health mm -hmm. than anything because we have to start here mm -hmm. and, and, and start, start the healing process mentally before we can physically do it. Mm -hmm. And that's my main focus on these challenges is to mentally and heal people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think the information is, is so valuable. Um, for, for me, I'm learning so much because I really didn't know much about lymphedema at all. So, um, and, and I had no idea, you know, that it was so prevalent or that even I really didn't even think of it as a thing, to be honest, other than mm -hmm. what my friend Beth was going through with her arm. So, um, but I mean, but now having spoken with you, I see, I can like visualize people that I've seen at different stores and saying, oh, I bet that's what they're dealing with. And, yes. stuff, and, so. and now when you go out, you will see people mm -hmm. and 
it's kind of like you buy a car. You don't see the yes. car anywhere else on the highway until you buy it. Right. And then you see it everywhere. It's, it's kind of like that. I, yeah. I see it everywhere. And I see it on children. I see it on adults. I see it men and women, mm. all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not discriminate. It does not have an age, race, color, or age, race, um, like a regional. It, it, it's, mm-hmm. it can affect anybody. Mm-hmm. And that is why I focus on the entire world than just the lymphatic community. Mm-hmm. Because there's seven, over 7 billion people in the world. They know what your heart does. You can ask them that and they're going to say, well, it keeps you alive. They know mm-hmm. you have to have a heart. Mm-hmm. So I look at it this way. If you know that you know a little bit about the heart, you need to know just as much about the lymphatic system because that's what keeps our heart healthy. Right. right you know, you don't yeah. put bad gas in a car. You don't want to blow your motor. Well, mm-hmm. our heart is our motor. So we want that clean fluid. Mm-hmm. People, we just don't, we don't know what we don't mm-hmm. know. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Wow. So is there anything else that you would like to share with our readers? I know I've kept you for a long time talking about all this great stuff, but I just, I would like to, like, if you had anything else additionally, and then hear your website one more time and about your book. Sure. No, I, you know, the only thing I can say for people is to, no matter how they feel at the end of the day, they are not alone. There is hope. And life is meant to be lived in the light, not in the dark. Mm-hmm. And the people who allow us to feel this way, or we allow people to make us feel this way, we have to start cutting that off and saying, this is not good for me. And I'm going to take control of my life, no matter what it is. And I just, even if I didn't have lymphedema or the, or the disease or any of the other things going on in my life, at the end of the day, hope is a very powerful tool. And that's what got me through so much of this. Mm-hmm. And if I can spread that, then I've done my job. That's, that's my job. That's awesome. Well, you do, you're such a lovely person and you do it all with such grace. And I'm so fortunate to have this time to talk with you. So can you you. just tell us one more uh, time, your, how people can find out about um, your, your services, if they need to, if they want to hire you for speaking or for whatever, and um, also to follow you on the challenge and the, the yes, and your foundation too, so they can. Sure. So um, for the Ninjas Fighting Lymphedema Foundation, if you want to learn anything about the challenge or you need applicate, if you need assistance for financial assistance for garments or finding physicians, you can go to winourfight.org. Once you go to the winourfight.org website, then you will see all of our social media handles from there. And you can connect with us on all of our social media right from the website. If you want to book me for speaking, you can go to amyrevera.com and you can send me um, a book uh, information and then we can go from there. So amyrevera.com is for the Amy Rivera brand, the speaking, the mentorship, and then the winourfight.org is the foundation. Gotcha. And in July, are you going? Are you doing a big uh, like lead up for a launch? 
I am. So, in, so as a matter of fact, I just got my core team together and we are working on a marketing um, campaign now starting next week. And we're going to lead up all the way to July. And then I will also be doing a book signing like uh, different locations. I'll have all that ready. And then um, I will also be <laughs> competing all right. in competition. <laughs> you know, I think about all these things I'm doing. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But um, so it all will be happening at the same time. And then I'm going to go on a big vacation and do nothing for a little bit. Wow, that's awesome. So where is the competition being held? Well, there's a few. I don't have the. uh, So there's three that I'm um, in the process of picking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, one here, one in, in, uh, two here, and then one in Kansas City. But we're not sure exactly which ones I'm going to do just yet. I'm Mm -hmm. just now in prep. And then we'll figure out from there. That's yeah. so exciting. I, really, Talk about yeah, empowering. I, that's like, I'm like, you, you know, girl. I, I love the gym and I love fitness and I love pushing myself to see what I'm capable of. Uh-huh. This is just my realm of this is where I feel comfortable at. That's you know, awesome. a lot of people are like, oh, but you're at a pageant that no, that's that. That was just part of my journey, but this is what I really like to do. This uh-huh. is my, what I really like to do. Awesome. And um, so I'm excited to see how far I can push myself to, to win this. Mm-hmm. And um, just a goal. It's just been a personal goal of mine for years. Mm-hmm. Well, I and wish you the best of luck with you. all these endeavors and I'll be watching. And um, hopefully we can keep connected and, and, uh, and support each other. Absolutely. As, like, as women and doing yes. all that stuff. And you yes. are a superhero. I'm so happy that you were here and spent this time oh. talking with me and with us, all those people um, listening. Thank you so much, Amy. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of Giving Heartbeat, where we make unsung heroes into everyday superheroes. Please be my hero and subscribe, download, rate, and review and tell all your friends. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Naomi Charney for my beautiful cover art. Thanks to Chris Hogan for his theme music, Pure Magic, and to audio engineer extraordinaire Don Sternacker at Mixolydian Studios. Please take action today to support nonprofits that connect with your passion. Be the change you want to see in the world. Until next time, the beat goes on. This is Donna Valente. Peace out.